Welcome to the Design of You podcast. My name is Leah. I'm a human design expert, spirituality coach, wellness guru, and manifestation powerhouse. My podcast is here to educate, inspire, and uplevel your life. I love sharing with you the ins and outs of the human design system in a practical, empowering, and embodied way. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Welcome back to the final episode in the Energy Type series. And this episode is all about our rare, wonderful, resilient, humble, gentle reflectors. I'm super pumped for this episode. I know so many people are like, what the frick are reflectors? Like, I don't have any in my life and I want to know everything about them. Let me tell you guys something. I am fascinated by reflectors, like so fascinated by reflectors. And this episode's great because I bring such an aligned reflector on. Her name is Trisha Carr. And it was very serendipitous how we got in contact. I was going to bring my friend Tanya on. If you guys are on Instagram, she's tanyarays.hd. She's amazing. She's going to come on in a little, uh, not in a little bit, but like in a a few episodes in the future. Um, But I ended up bringing on Trisha Carr because I got an email and she's like, hey, like I'm a reflector. Would love to talk about being a reflector on more people's podcasts. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like actually looking to schedule a reflector episode. So let's do it. So we, within just days, got on the phone and had no idea who she was prior. And now I'm just like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And I'm obsessed with you. And she is like just such a reflector through and through. So yeah, so stay tuned for that portion. But I hope you guys enjoyed this series because honestly, I know that energy type is the first part of human design and we're going to do series for all of the, the parts of human design. I think... At some point, I'm going to get into all of the different channels. And I think for channels and gates, actually, I'll probably do like a couple and then I'll I'll link you guys to some videos or audios that I'm going to do on my website. Um, I haven't decided yet, so no promises. But uh, that and then, you know, the other thing is that what I plan to do is really just get through the different parts of human design. Like I want to talk about strategy. I want to talk about authority. But as you guys know, human design is the core of what I do, but there's so much other work that I'm really excited about that I want to bring into my podcast. Like I don't want this to be solely a place for just human design. I will talk about human design every single episode because that's what I'll do and I love it. But I want to bring on people who do all sorts of exciting things. Like for the MG episode, we had Natalia. Like I totally want to bring her back on and talk about spiritual business. Like I want to bring on EFT experts. I want to bring on people who are doing like Trisha doing animal communication. Like I want to bring really cool people who are doing shit in the spiritual industry. Like it's so cool seeing this emergence of spiritual business just happening in front of us. So we will definitely be doing more episodes in all of the areas. So thanks for coming on this ride with me. I'm honored. So Let's talk a little bit about just reflectors and everything that you need to know. So I'm actually going to start with some reflector words. Like we're going to talk a lot about reflectors because they're so rare that I really want you guys to get a lot out of this episode because it feels like there's not a lot of information and simply like that's just because reflectors are only 1% of the population. So there's far and few between and, you know, and even smaller than that reflectors actually doing human design, right? Okay, so some words for reflectors. And by the way, if you do a mentorship with me, aka become a reader with me, these are like, this is information from my slides. Um, but so here's some, some words. So we have rare, fluid, 
gentle, protected, environmental, empathetic, celestial, non-intrusive, open, reflective, accepting, lunar, transparent, and resilient. Those are just some words about being a reflector, which is so fun. Um, Okay, and so one of the things that I want to just talk about with reflectors. So reflectors, they are are people who are here to mirror and reflect the energy of everything around us. So if you look at a reflector's chart, you'll see that there are no centers colored in. Centers are the shapes in their areas where we house consistent energy. And so that means that a reflector doesn't have consistent energy, quote unquote. And I I don't like to say that because that sounds really disempowering, but it means that instead of them always having like access to their root or access to their throat or access to their identity or whatever center, they are here to feel the energy from everyone else. The aura for a reflector is sampling and reflective. So it samples the energy of everyone around them. So if you're with a reflector, you'll feel that energy or the reflector will feel your energy per se. And they kind of sample it and they get a taste of what that feels like. And then they reflect it back. So when you're with a reflector, it's like you're with someone who is mirroring your energy. So it's really cool because reflectors are these people who they really just, they have the capacity to be in tune with what's working or not in communities and people and teams and spaces. And they know how things can be improved. They're the people that can mirror back injustice. They reveal more equitable ways of doing things. They're here to see what's happening in a space that no one else can. And they're really wise. They're objective. They're gifted facilitators. They bring a very non-judgmental perspective and presence They have the ability to express themselves in multitudes of ways and they have energy that ebbs and flows. You may find with a reflector one week, they can do more than anyone else. And then the next week they just need some rest and they really do thrive when they're at the heart of a community or a team. So they can kind of freely move about a different energy and assess what's working for them or not. Okay. So when we look at the reflector strategy, again, strategies, how do you strategically use your energy as whatever type you are to work with your energy, which therefore then bringing you the right opportunities. And so as a reflector, theirs is formally to wait a 28 day lunar cycle. And that is very important for them. But I think that that is somewhat challenging to grasp. Because waiting a 28-day lunar cycle when making decisions or trying to work with your energy can be somewhat disempowering, but I also think that that's really helpful. So let's just get into it and I'll break it all down for you. So what you'll find, and I've heard this from my own reflector friends, Tanya, she has told me that with being a reflector, it's really important to wait to be included or invited in. So similarly to a projector, that wait to be invited piece works really well for reflectors. And I've heard this in other teachers that I've worked with as well, that a reflector does really well when they're kind of prompted or initiated or invited into something. And so what can be really important for a reflector working with their energy is like waiting to see like who's initiating you, who's inviting you, who's including you, who's like kind of prompting you to be a part of something. And then their authority, and we can talk about authority with reflectors because they all have the same authority. So As we talked through all of the other types, 
authority is really important to work with in like a marriage with your strategy, but every single type, there's different breeds. So different types can have different authorities and multiple different ones. So like, for example, generators can be emotional generators or sacral generators. And with reflectors, they will only have one type of authority and that authority is no inner authority or oftentimes called lunar authority or outer authority. Or as I like to call, just like, this is kind of that wait for 28 days. And what this is, is like, so when a reflector, when they're kind of operating in the world, since they feel the energy from everything, it's really important that reflectors plant themselves in environments that are really supportive or around people that are really supportive. So it's like, when I work with a reflector, the number one thing I'm talking to them about is like, where do you feel best? Like, who are the people that you are with and you feel most authentic to yourself? What environments are you in where you feel like the best version of who you are? And how can you work with that energy? And how can you just embody being a yourself through the different spaces that you're in? And so it's about kind of planting yourself in these different environments to feel into what feels right. And so when it comes to decision making, it's like, a reflector does best when they're in the different environments that feel the best. And then if there's something that shows up, it's like, who's kind of prompting you? Who's initiating you? And then when they're doing that, how you can lean into your authority is by going, okay, I'm going to give myself time to feel through this thing. So if there's a decision or if there's something that they were invited you know, into, 28 days, waiting a 28-day lunar cycle is super helpful. It's super important for reflectors. But of course, there are going to be decisions in our lives that we can't do that. So, you know, one of the best examples is, you know, what do I do when I want to buy a house? Like the market's crazy. How am I supposed to wait 28 days to let let the realtor know when I have to let them know tonight? And, you know, there's a couple of things that I would say there is one, you know, make sure that you're the people that are in this decision with you know how you make decisions best And they know you best to be able to assess kind of like what is something that feels best for you. And what is really supportive is continuing to for for a reflector to put themselves in different environments or places where they are going to feel their best. So it's like when you're touring homes or you're working with your realtor, it's like, do you feel like you're best around this realtor? Do you feel your best when you walk into this home? And you can kind of go off of that. Ideally, with a more bigger decision, if you have the time, it can be really important for a reflector to go, I'm going to feel into this over the next like 28 days and just see what shows up. So as they sample the energy of everyone that they're with, they go, okay, yeah. And they keep that decision kind of in their mind. They can start to feel what it would feel like in the different places that they're in. And it allows them to go, okay, I have felt everyone. Something important to note. So like every other type, they will feel, they'll basically feel the whole spectrum of everything throughout the year. What I mean by this is like, so we have transits, of course, and transits are when essentially the planets are moving into different gates. So like I have my chart, right? I am a 5-1 sacral generator. I have the different gate activations that I was born with, the 28 different gate activations, and I have my different channels, and that is defined in me always, But as we move through different transits in time, different gates are being activated in different planets in different places. And so sometimes, like a great example for me as a split definition, 
is like if gate 10, for example, that is one of my gates that will bridge my split. Essentially, like my chart has two different areas. And so if that gate's activated, it will bridge a split between my whole chart and I'm going to like feel on fire in the best way. And so we basically, every single type will feel different energies through the the 365 days of the year. They will be able to sample different parts of the chart through the transits that happen in 365 days. I hope that makes sense. So basically every single type will feel the energies of any different channel or, or gate and they'll feel it kind of light up in their chart at different points through the year. Reflectors, they feel the energy in a in 28 days in a one lunar cycle. They feel all of the energy in one lunar cycle. So instead of a year, like everyone else, a reflector feels it in a month. So that means that things change for them fast and they they need more time when making decisions because, you know, they don't have it's not consistent, you know, day to day. It's it changes minute to minute, day to day, hour to hour. And so it's super important for them to give themselves that time to feel through things. And so with, you know, reflectors, some of the myths that we hear all the time are that, you know, they have to wait a month for every decision. You don't. If something feels right for you, like see how that feels through. If you can give yourself some time, great. If not, like, you know, go with what you usually feel best in. Try and make that decision from a place where you're feeling most like yourself. Um, the other thing is they don't have a sense of self. That's not true. Reflectors aren't lost all the time. They're everything and everyone all at once. And that they don't have energy to make things happen. That's not true. Like if you're a reflector and you have a generator in your life, you may make a lot of things happen. And, you know, if you don't have a generator in your life, you can still make things happen. It just it's the way you're working with your energy to make them happen. That they're cold and detached. I've literally never met a cold and detached reflector in my life, but I've heard this. Um, that they're too sensitive. There's no such thing as being too sensitive and it's a gift to be sensitive. And I hate anyone who says that in any degree and that they reach things slower. I don't think that reflectors reach anything slower. I think that they just do it in a way that you'll always get to where you're meant to go in divine timing and even faster when you work with your energy. So those are just some pieces about being a reflector. Their signature theme, so the sign that they're in alignment is surprise and the sign that they're out of alignment is disappointment. So I find that reflectors, they really pleasantly surprise themselves when they're working with their strategy and authority. Like they'll pleasantly surprise themselves with the decisions that they make or what is feeling right or where they feel the best and what something like shows up as a yes for them. And, you know, they'll feel they'll feel disappointed when they don't work with their energy because they're going too fast or they're expecting something from other people or they're, you know, not, you know, waiting the full sort of time. They're just going to end up disappointed rather than if they just gave themselves that moment to, to just feel. Okay. So let's end with some reflector TLC, and then we'll get into some famous reflectors, and then we'll go into the episode with Trisha. So reflectors, a mantra for you is I am all things. I am all things. I love that. Reflectors, remember, you are everyone and no one at the same time. You are everyone and no one thing at the same time. Beautiful thing to be. Look out for thinking that it's you, thinking that, you know, this is your fault or that something's wrong. It's not. You're a reflector. You're feeling it all. It's not even your energy that you're potentially feeling. You're feeling someone else's. And so you're just reflecting it all. What a gift. 
the remedy for a reflector is time in and around people and places that you love. And an affirmation for a reflector is, just like the moon, I go through phases. Just like the moon, I go through phases. Okay. Lastly, we'll end with some famous reflectors. Sandra Bullock is a famous reflector. Michael Jackson is a famous reflector. Ama and Rosalind Carter. And those of you that are into the influencer spirituality space, the balanced blonde, Jordan Younger, she is a reflector. And I recently heard of someone else that was a reflector that has a podcast. and I cannot think of it right now, but if I do, I will get back to you. Okay, let's move into the interview portion with Trisha Carr. Get excited, guys. She's incredible. And we talk a lot about being a reflector. We talk about animal communication and just so much cool stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this series. I can't wait to move on to the next series and the next episodes next week. All right. Have an amazing day and let's tune in. All right. So I have Trisha Carr here today. She is an amazing reflector. I found her in the rare sea of reflectors through the interwebs. And we're so excited to get to talk to her because she is someone who is really in touch with her human design, but that isn't the only work that Trisha does. So I'm actually going to have her kind of introduce herself and talk a little bit about what she does and and a, a little bit about her story. And then she's going to talk about what it means to be a reflector. So welcome, Trisha. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm just delighted. Just like you, I'm sure. I would love to just talk about this with people who are into it all day long. And that, well, I guess that's kind of what we both do, isn't it? <laughs> We've made yeah, careers yeah. around that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So what I do or am... Um, my business is, of course, multifaceted, but you know, I do, I do do some one-on-one sessions. That's actually a smaller part of my business, but that, that is with intuitive work, hypnotherapy. I'm a certified hypnotherapist and the intuitive work. I actually do emphasize a lot of channeling in my readings that, and people tend to get those like once per year because they're really deep, you know, soul catalyzing readings with that, with a channeled portion and healing and maybe a little hypno healing. And, um, but I'm an animal communicator. That was actually the first psychic intuitive ability that I opened up when I had an awakening. Yeah. Yeah. And I say I opened it up. All I did was someone told me that that's a thing and that other people don't have it and then practice it. And it like happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it was already happening, but I just needed to be in the context of trusting that if I asked an animal something telepathically that they would answer and it happened that first time that it happened and it saved a cat's life. Like she told me a piece of information that saved her life. So anyway, that all began about 10 years ago, my career as well as the, you know, but before that in my whole life, I was always a spiritual seeker. As a kid, I took myself to church. My family didn't go to church. So I like went to church and at 11 I opted to get baptized that was the spiritual paradigm available to me <laughs> I and, love that. yeah and when I was baptized at age 11 now I recognize I can use these words I had a light body activation and it was pretty it was really profound and wow. um, anyway I left the church at a, around after you know age 20 or something like that because mm-hmm. it no longer suited my seeking and then I got into, I guess, more higher consciousness kind of seeking Dr. Wayne Dyer, you know, um, Eckhart Tolle and 
Deepak Chopra. Um, So I've always been mystical and, um, but I teach, that's the main thing. I said, I do some one-on-ones. Teaching is my main thing. And I, I, Mm -hmm. as a five, I think we really- You're five-one, yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Human design gave me that gift where I was like, I'm getting a reading. I'm like, but I want to work with groups. And and so I was like, yeah, of course, because you five and you're five-one, you know what I mean? You want to learn about it and you want to share it with a collective. I think it's better for my energy as a reflector too, because I can sample from a group if I'm with an individual, then I'm really, I'm acting a little bit more like a projector. <laughs> you know? Well, and especially groups that you're creating, right? Because right. those are spaces that you want to be in. You're planting yourself in an environment that you put together. So it's kind of this really beautiful way to to just tap into all the energies of people that, you know, are choosing to be in your space too. So I think that's yeah. really cool. In a community that I am most likely really, really vibing on reflecting, you know, so yeah. it really works for me. Yeah. And in the investigator part of me as a five one loves to share all of that information. And then, you know, just the healer aspect of me loves to create a container so someone can have a transformation and just witness that and yeah, just have that surprise every single time. It's funny how surprise can be not a surprise, but it's still a surprise, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and so much of what you said so far is so cool. So just so everyone knows, this is my first time meeting Trisha. So we we just chatted a little bit before this. And I mean, the only way that I've really met her is just like, creeping on her socials and like <laughs> looking at her website. And so I was so excited to talk to her because I really, um, I'm just going to like quickly lean into this part. I think it's so cool what you said about the animal communication, because I am currently under a medium, um, a psychic medium mentorship where I'm working on developing my sort of psychic and medium abilities. And, you know, I think one of the coolest things about it is that it's not as profound as I actually imagined. It's just, it's so natural for me. And I think, it was so so funny because I was just on the phone with my girlfriend um, the other day and and we were talking and, and she lives in the Midwest and we were just catching up and she's like, so tell me about this, you know, mediumship that you're, that you're doing. And it was so funny because I'm like, you know, it's not like some that's so Raven or some, you know, crazy, <laughs> all of a sudden this moment where I just get this vision. I was like, it's, it's almost just like this knowing that hits you. And so I love what you're saying because a big part of my purpose on this, on this planet is you know, I always say my mission is to connect people to themselves, to have better relationships, live better lives and to create the life of their dreams, but also to redefine what spirituality really looks like. Because I think people sometimes think it's this like woo woo, like really crazy thing that's out there and, and unattainable. But really, I think once people get more in touch with it, you find that there's so much power in in ourselves. Like we, we're so far away from our intuition and so many of us are able to communicate with animals, to communicate with spirit, to, you know, be in touch with things at such a more energetic level than, you know, you even realize. So, and especially you being a reflector, I just think that's beautiful. So just wanted to note that as just something that I thought was cool. Yeah. And that's something that, that I actually, it's a barrier that thinking that it's going to be something that's overwhelming or like, you know, it, it, it is subtle. It's like tasting. And I use this example that let's say when you're like a young kid you can't drink coffee or or like iced tea without sugar because it's bitter that's all you can taste it's really aggressive and it's bitter but if you keep drinking it then you can taste oh there's like a chocolatey flavor and there's this kind of earthy note so the more time that you do experience it then the more the the deeper into the subtleties the more defined the subtleties will become but it still is subtle and it is natural it's something a challenge that i actually even face in like the therapeutic work that I do, because with doing hypnosis or teaching people how to meditate, they go, oh, I can't visualize. 
Because I think they think that it's like an undeniable as if someone were standing right in front of you. But do you know what an apple is? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, okay, what kind of apple? Like if, you know, what kind of apple, if I told you to remember an apple right now, what does it look like? And they go green and I'm like, okay, you just visualize that. Yeah. (laughs) And I, oh my gosh, I love that example. I'm totally going to take that into my work because, yeah, because I just think that's such a good example because that was happening to me last week. I was like picking up on a spirit during kind of like this practice session and you know, I was explaining it later and they're like, so this was like a guy just like standing in your office. Like my no, right. boyfriend was like, you know, is that, was there just someone standing there? I'm like, no, like I couldn't, I go, I think some people can do that. And maybe I, I will get to that point. I'm like, there was just an energy next to me. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. And when I closed my eyes, like you said, visualizing an apple, it's like all of a sudden I can see like, okay, dark hair. I couldn't see it physically next to me. I could feel it. And so mm-hmm. I just think that that's so cool and, and a perfect segue. So let's talk about you being a reflector because, you know, one of the things that I mentioned earlier in this podcast episode is about reflectors being so tied to the moon and the cosmos. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what did it feel like when you first discovered human design and learned that you were a reflector? (laughs) You know, it's funny because I know people who, when they're told, like, say they're a generator and the first piece of information someone tells them is that it's the most common type. And then that generator will then be like, oh, great. I'm <laughs> what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, a friend of mine said, whoa, you're a reflector. Do you just think, oh, I'm so special? And I'm like, no, if my ego gets a hold of it, my ego thinks I'm weird and broken and empty. <laughs> so I had to kind of, you know, my mind saw that chart compared to someone else's chart. And I was like, so I'm not a person? <laughs> like, So that was, my, <laughs> that was my first response. And so I had to sit with it for a little bit. And it was a bit like, After that, it, of course, like everyone else, made things make so much sense. You know, Um, I had already what a catalyst to my awakening was being so highly empathic and that I feel other people's emotions and thoughts and health and everything as my own. And I just described the emotional center and the spleen and, you know, the open head and eyes. So it helped and it made a lot of sense. But it's also a little bit it's so ephemeral you know, because you don't really have, I mean, especially if you're looking at the way Ra defined it, no inner authority, no strategy, no, just no, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, wow, where do I go? This is empowering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As it does sink into the body after about, I don't know, a few months, then I was like, just like everyone else, like I was just alive with it. And I do I think this is good for everyone to observe other people's charts because it's the science of differentiation. And that's, and and Ra even said that one of the things he said that is helpful (laughs) that that, uh, reflectors do well to kind of learn as much as they can about it because we then are either reflecting that or absorbing that or amplifying that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So really did it just, yeah. Then, then going through, I'd already been through a deconditioning process in other ways, just without that specific knowing of that technology. And I think it, it, it expedited some deconditioning and helped me to really align to, uh, you know, give myself permission to do what I've always known and felt and yeah. soul urged me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's, it's so funny when people learn their human design and I love asking that question, you know, what's your reaction or what was it when you found out? And my reaction, and I talk about this in my podcast is, I found out I was a generator and I was like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm not as rare as I thought. I wanted to be a reflector. And, you know, it's funny hearing the different things because, uh, you know, each type kind of has their own sort of wanting around it. Whereas like I heard someone recently say when I when they found out they were a projector, they were mad because they 
they wanted to be like everyone else or, you know, exactly. when I reflect through. And so it's funny how we all can sort of have a, a thought about it before we really start to dive in and see how it works. But with you finding out you being a reflector, what was your favorite thing that you learned about it? And what was your, I guess, least favorite thing at first? Mm, okay. Understanding the, the piece of amplification, which is interesting. I already understood, I already experienced and witnessed that I can absorb, which is the wrong way for my aura to work. So I guess this may be sampling and amplification. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it is appropriate, and you know what, actually, I should say this, two weeks before I was initiated, someone told me about human design, I had a dream, and it was more like an astral dream, Mm -hmm. where my guides basically showed me, they gave me a scene where I was interacting with someone who was like kind of narcissistic and bossy and rude and wanted me to do something. And they showed me in the dream, like I, me pulling in her dark green putrid aura energy and holding it in my energy and told me that's not how you do it. You take a piece of it and you let it go and it can be transmuted and given back to her. So I knew that two weeks before, Wow! like they showed me how a reflector aura works. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, just the the mechanics of understanding sampling helps me to, you know, click back into alignment. And the more that I experiment with it, the, the more I'm aware of not doing it the wrong way. And then also amplification. I didn't, because it doesn't feel like amplification to you, you know, and that's for anyone, any of your your undefined centers as the, but it does make sense if you're emotional undefined, like you are and I are, I am, mm-hmm. of course, to realize that the way that their, their emotions feel to them is so, you know, feels really strongly to us. And it's so that we can stretch it out and allow all the colors to be known to everyone. And so we could actually help and transmute and alchemize on behalf of them as well. But, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I have to make sure I don't take on too much of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my sure. favorite pieces. I love that. And what is it, what does it feel like when you're like around someone that's correct for you or around someone that's incorrect for you or in environments that are correct or incorrect? Like, what does that feel like in your, in your energy? Yeah, that's really a good question. I'll start with environments with environments that are incorrect for me. Sometimes it's confusing because this one time I, I um, agreed to do this production job because my friend is like, hey, there's this fun thing where you want to do it and like just go help with this uh, stage show. I was like, yeah, why not? And I showed up and everybody was nice and it was a charity event and it was going to be easy and fun. But I was there like 10 minutes and I got this sinking, sick feeling in my stomach. And I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. But I didn't leave because I was mm-hmm. committed. And by all accounts, it was a lovely experience. Everyone was nice. I had fun, but I was sick for two days. I was just like fatigued and headache. I had GI problems. Wow. So, I mean, the it, it can be a little confusing because there's not, it's not like someone yeah. said, you're a so-and-so and there was an overt reason why somehow it wasn't the right environment for me. And I don't know how anyone, maybe my presence there also threw someone else off somehow. Yeah. I wonder if you are around unhealthy generators because, you know, generators are so tied to their their gut and that sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. GI, that area. So I wonder if you were around generators that weren't in alignment. And so you were feeling that sort of like unhealthy gut that like, you know, experience that happens. I, I find that that's pretty common with generators, but you know, yeah. it's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. I have, and I get GI problems. Like it's that and headache. Those are the things that I get that take me out even before wow. fatigue. Honestly, those two things wow. take me out. And, um, and you know, this world compels us, even if we know our design, to 
work like a generator and I can, you know, kind of amplify sacral energy and, and mm-hmm. have more energy than anyone for a minute, but I have to make sure that I don't, over, I don't run over my own boundaries with that. And, and it can work perfectly sometimes. And around people yeah. that are incorrect for me, I usually just feel really uncomfortable in my body. And I will sometimes because of me just feeling their thoughts and their emotions and everything, I'll just think that I'm an asshole and I'm thinking bad things. You know what I mean? And I have to stop and go like, wait, I'm probably, I'm a nice person and I want to, I want to be nice to this person. So that's probably just how they feel. You know what I mean? Like, and they feel awkward. And so I don't know. And so I'll just, sometimes I can't even relax my body. Sometimes I'll have a pain or I can't smile correctly. It's just like super awkwardness. And you're just yeah. reflecting their energy back. Yeah. So like, it's just really them being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And they Things may be like an asshole to themselves even. So that's one thing yeah. I was like, I was like around this one person and I was like, why do I feel like I don't like her? And I was like, I had that and I was judging myself. I was like, because I, I think I like her, but I feel like I don't like her. And I think it was her own self-criticism that I was just mm-hmm. literally mapping. And I had to like get away from it to realize, no, that wasn't even yours. That was just you literally picking up her negative self-talk or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. And then around people that I do vibe with that are correct for me, I think it just feels comfortable. I'm often very comfortable easily comfortable with people with open emotional centers or um, open sacral centers. Cause I think those two are the bossiest ones. <laughs> for sure. The biggest energy for sure. Yeah. But I also can be really, um, really nurtured by that too. If I am, if I'm unwell, the one time I had a, I had a, like a, a coffee date with a friend I hadn't seen in a while and he's manifesting generator with the 3420, you know what I mean? <laughs> Big energy. We're two hours in and he goes, and how are you? You know, which is fine too, because I'm, and I was like, I can't cancel. It's, it doesn't feel right. You know, it wouldn't be nice. Even though I was, had a headache, I had a migraine, I was fatigued. And I was like five minutes in, I was like, oh yeah. Cause I felt, I, it was like medicine to me, his energy. Yeah. Wow. So. I love that. And what does it feel like? So the question I I get all the time with generators is that what does it feel like or or what is this the 28-day lunar cycle? And I explain this a lot where it's best, you know, to give yourself a full moon cycle before making a decision, but what does that feel like for you and what is the best way that you navigate maybe short-term decisions that you have to make? Mm. Um, well, the way it, what it feels like to me is natural, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really, and the only way that, so it's very much like developing those psychic abilities that we talked about developing mediumship, the way that I started to notice it more was usually by someone pointing it out to me. So for example, I remember I was talking to my assistant in the morning. She was asking me like, Oh, are you going to do this thing? You said you might want to reschedule or cancel it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure yet, blah, blah, blah. Then like an hour, like two hours later, I was on the go and I messaged her and I was like, yeah, I'm going to cancel that. I, I, I'm definitely going to cancel it. And then she messaged me back. She goes, whoa, what, what changed? And I was like, what do you mean? Because to me, I just like, I don't know. And she goes, you were so like ambivalent and now you're so positive. And I was like, oh, I wonder if the lunar gate changed. And I went and looked and it did. Yeah, wow. See, that feels like a normal process for me. But now since she pointed it out to me that, by her witness, it seemed really extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, now I notice, I am noticing when I feel different and I'll kind of look at the calendar afterward or I'll just have in my mind, you know, most reflectors, I think all the reflectors that I know, they don't like 
run their life by the lunar calendar. You kind of mm-hmm. got to just flow with it and you, sure. you know, you pay attention to it sometimes. And, but I definitely don't go like, well, next Thursday, it's going to be in gate. 15, <laughs> so I make sure I'm going to do this. You know I mean? That would be nuts. I love that you said that because I think so many people in astrology and in human design drive themselves absolutely nuts doing that. Yeah where they're like, oh, this transit's coming. I'm like, if, if you are using a system to start creating fear in your life, it's never a good sign. Right. Um, you know, I always, I don't pay attention to the transits really at all right now. But what I do is when there's something like you said, where it's like, I feel off or like, I don't really feel like myself right now. And then you look up the transit and you're like, oh, because my uh-huh. solar plexus is activated or my Ajna is activated and or I'm like, I have a channel that's double activated. And so you're feeling so much of it. So I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it can just give you permission to do some self-care or something like that. I, I'm, I'm a historically terrible at paying attention to when Mercury retrograde is coming and I launch a program then and then my computer craps out and I'm like, well, this is what I wanted to call in. Yeah. yeah this is, this is just the, you know, by nature. Yeah. This is just uh, what I like. Yeah. And I then, love that. And then so far as like decision-making, mm-hmm. This is what's interesting is it's not like I have to wait to make the decision. There's just usually not resources. What the universe or the field will give me, it's just that will be the evidence of whether it's correct or not. Because sometimes you may have been, init- I may have been like initiated in this thing in a, a longer ago than it, than it showed up in its evidential way. And mm-hmm. then so the timing would be right. And so if I'm not operating from fear and I take a little time and the resources are there, then it's a go. And we do have a kind of authority. We have authority. It's just not consistent. It's just in the body. Everyone's mm-hmm. in the body, but it's just not a consistent way. Just the same way I can process information. It's just not consistent. Like someone with a defined ashram, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's just mostly about resources. And when I mean resources, I mean time, I mean energy, I mean money, any of those things that you yeah. draw upon to be able to do something. Yeah. I tell people when I work with reflectors that the authority for a reflector is environmental, really. It's very similar to a mental authority where it's just about planting yourself in different environments around different people, feeling through these different spaces as you're you know, making a decision and seeing what shows up for you through that time. And it can even be similar to, it's not similar like mechanically, like emotional authority, but in terms of the time aspect where it's like, is this still a yes through time or is this still a no through time? And giving yourself that kind of space to feel into a decision um, is best. And I love what you said too about it being, you're like, it feels natural for me to wait 28 days. Whereas like everyone else is kind of crazy, uh, you know, making decisions right in the moment. And I think that that's really cool. Um, I love hearing that you're resonating with that. I never get a chance to just talk to reflectors in detail. So this is just so (laughs) enlightening for me. But one of the last things I wanted to ask you is like, what do you think more people should know about being a reflector? Mm, That's so nice of you to ask. I don't know. We're not ding dongs. You know, we're not trying to be this way. That's (laughs) like with everyone too. But I think there are fewer things that we relate together on with, Mm -hmm. you know, other types. Like I know manifesting generators, you know, they're so glad to see that there's someone else who can work and skip steps and be, you know, the way that they can. And it's, there's a kind of validation to it, even though we're unique. It's mostly for people who, who don't, who aren't in their experiment. I, they, they kind of will project onto me the things that they have a talent for. And then they'll think that I'm just not trying hard enough. 
So I don't, you know, I don't work hard enough or I'm not consistent enough, but I have all of those things just in a diff, totally different pattern than other people, other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, gosh, yeah. And that we just, we really don't feel the same at any time. Like I don't feel the same at, from one moment to the, the other. And I, that is something that I've always noticed in my life because I feel like other people do feel the same because I can feel them feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. The other thing is too, if you ask us about something, this probably goes for anyone with an open spleen. Um, if you ask us about something that, how well it's going to do or, or if it's time to stop or start something, if it's a system, if it's an ecosystem of some kind, we know if it's correct to, if you're going to be killing that thing or if it still has life to go, that's something else mm-hmm. uh, that I've run across where people ask my opinion or something and I'll give it and they they don't really, they don't listen. And there's probably, and I'm not saying you should, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I'm always right, but sometimes a reflector has information before everyone else does and it not being accepted is a part of the growth process. But sometimes... um you know, it would be easier if you also listened as though that might be something that could help you in your growth process instead of just ignoring it and going about your way, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I love that's so interesting. I love what you said about patterns and, you know, just basically saying like, we don't have a pattern to how we do things. It's, it's relatively inconsistent and that's okay. I think that I find that some people put negative language around maybe the words around reflectors. I don't think um, non-reflectors do that. I think reflectors actually do. So I had someone, so I was on this major podcast and I was talking about each of the types. And I mentioned that, you know, reflectors are people who are like, you know, sort of people who don't have consistent energy and they don't have this energy. And, And the girl that was interviewing me, she knows nothing about human design. I just somehow landed this podcast and you could you can tell when someone knows human design or not like when you're you know being interviewed and it was interesting because she said back she goes she goes oh yeah that's the type of person i would want working for me or something and then i didn't really give it a ton of attention because i was like well you know and then we just kept moving on and and they were kind of firing it was like three hosts they were firing questions back at me and i got this this email from a reflector afterwards and she's like so I learned that I refle- I'm a reflector and that I basically suck. So like, what do I do with this? And it broke my heart. I sent an email back to her and I said, I don't know where you heard that. And I assumed it came from maybe that response. I didn't, t- I didn't directly say that. I should have given it more attention in that moment, but it was kind of like the next question just kind of kept moving. But I, so I sent her this email and I'm like, I don't know where you heard that. Like reflectors are a gift and reflectors are gentle and they're resilient and they're full of some of the best, you know, energy in a different way and kind of described to her like what it means and, and so on and so forth. And, and I actually never heard back from her, but I tried to write her out like this long thing about why she's so great. But it's funny because that's not the first time I've heard that from a reflector. It wasn't as like, abrupt as that, but I've been in sessions before with reflectors where they're like, I just don't understand. Like I, or, or I, or I feel like I'm what you were kind of saying in the beginning that when you first found out, like, so I'm nothing or, um, I'm lost. And so I, I just love kind of what you're saying. Cause it's reminding me, you know, just how great reflectors actually are. And so it's, it's kind of leaning back into, you know, reasons or things that people don't know about reflectors and, and what makes them great. And so, you know, another question I had for you is like, what do you think is missing for reflectors? Like programs or content? Like, do you think that there are things missing or or maybe pieces of information that needs to be out there? 
Well, yeah, because um, honestly, like Ra didn't have a ton of information about reflectors. I mean, he there are some lectures where he gives some really special attention. Yeah. Uh, I do think kind of like, you know, the projectors are kind of taking their movement and saying, don't tell us who we are. We'll tell you who we are. And um, I, I think that is, I think more reflectors who are either, it doesn't even have to do with time, but who are more in their experiment need to be consulted on. It, the, the memes are, are so annoying. And just to say, wait a lunar cycle, honestly, is not, that's not exactly true. It's actually not really true that we're the slowest energy type either. It's actually the wrong way about it. Reflectors usually get downloads from the field, from the universe ages before any of the other human beings get it and then that's the reflectors going around and talking about things and then finally at some point there are the resources of other humans getting in on the thing so a larger project this has happened time and again and i've talked to many reflectors a larger project takes about two to four years to come to fruition i will get a download about it i will say the words but it takes two to four years for other humans to even be able to start to hear me mm -hmm. so we're actually kind of a early energy type mm -hmm. and yeah. we are actually in a way faster because we go through the all 64 archetypes every month mm -hmm. where everybody else goes through it every year so there are ways mm -hmm. that the speed of it is is not quite categorized correctly yeah. but i think that having the thing that the cool trick about having a reflector with you it, i think it was Ra who said the reflector should be in the ear of the ceo it's your oracle we're a divination device that's mm -hmm. how you use a reflector in a community mm -hmm. or in an organization mm -hmm. not to expect them to be consistent or to work 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 but to be able to be basically like the big picture and then again yeah. maybe you don't understand it right now but if you could take it under advisement it will move us faster yeah oh i love that because i think so often people hear that you know, projectors are the advisors and, and they can be in a lot of ways. But I think what you're saying is so true that reflectors are the, the people that you want to look to. And I think, you know, all aura types, there's no hierarchy of which one being better or worse or, you know, the only thing that we have is just statistics on how much of each type that there is, but there's no better or worse. And, and having a reflector on your team or being an advisor for you is a perfect way to say, you know, where are we going? Or, you know, how are we currently doing? And and getting a feel of like, you know, what's the temperature here? And a reflector is a beautiful way to kind of just observe that and see what's happening. Well, and projectors are are the advisors and guides like boots on the ground, not meaning that they work that as hard as everyone else, but mm -hmm. they are working interpersonally and they are, they are working individually too. And a reflector is like the moon. And we need to all come and have a moon ritual and understand yeah. from the moon. You know what I mean? Like every week, really, or every day. I mean, it could be every day. Yeah. The, moon, the moon is always showing us something different. So it is a different role. And the reflector is going to be like, this is where we're going. And this is what is healthy. And this is how we, you know, not maybe kind of how we get there, but mostly like this is the future and this is what we're creating. And this is the health of our ecosystem it's really different but again you have to take it's a big package of information and i i get that people don't aren't always ready for it even if they ask for it but they it should really be if you've ever gotten a psychic reading and the the intuitive or the medium told you something that you were like no i don't i don't vibe with that but then six months or a year later it totally happened mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that has happened many times that's what we're talking about because the psychic or the intuitive is acting as an oracle for how the energies are patterning out in a, in a long stretch of time. 
that's that's the kind of thing. Whereas the projector is like always able to create guidance and again, guide the individual and guide the interpersonal relationships. And I don't know, that's how I see it at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, these are such good nuggets. I, I could just listen to you talk all day. <laughs> maybe I maybe you're reflecting my energy back to me and I'm liking probably. that. But <laughs> probably. Ideally. Um, you are you in touch with your incarnation cross? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I was looking at your incarnation cross pulled up around um so she's the incarnation cross the plane. Mm-hmm. And it means that her purpose is to be an earthy guide for others to tap into their intuition. Mm-hmm. And just love that for you. And um and I know what you I call myself is is a teacher of nature and spirit. That's the moniker that I landed on before uh before human design initiation. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that just you know, it's funny because so I'm the left angle cross of defiance. And so I feel like I've always gone against the status quo in my life. Like I've always been relatively defiant. Um, and so I was kind of the same way. Like that was just a word that was circulating around my my world. And then when I found human design, I'm like, yep, this is this is pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm gonna kind of leave it right here with the reflector talk. I want you to share, you know, ways that people can work with you. I know you have a program that's starting soon. Um, so just talk about any any ways that anyone listening can get in touch with you and your work. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, I have two signature programs starting. They are nature and spirit. (laughs) The first one (laughs) is animal communication. And it's amazing. If you're interested in spirituality and if you're interested in animals, it's for you. (laughs) Because, and, and the way I teach it is the direct communication with the incarnated consciousness. Um, that's the, that's like the fundamental. So it's like really talking to your dog. How's Gus Gus doing, by the way? Oh, he's doing, uh, he's doing okay. Did you, do you follow my Instagram? Did you see some of my updates? I listened to the episode where you were talking about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I was going to ask you too. I'm like, have you, are you getting any notes from him? I, I have tried so hard to communicate with him and I don't think I've been able to tap in so easily, but I will say, Right before he went into his, um, right before he started having sort of like shaking and different things, there was like two nights before it happened. So something that happens to me, this is going to be a spoiler alert for my, um, for my, my podcast listeners, because I I haven't done an episode on sort of my psychic abilities yet, but I see faces when I go to bed. So I I basically Mm -hmm. see like a slideshow faces constantly. And, um, that's why I'm under mentorship right now to be to stop it because it's kind of overwhelming, but. For the first time, I started seeing a, I saw a cat like a, probably a week before that. Um, and that was the first time I'd seen an animal. And then right before my dog started shaking, I had seen his face mm-hmm. um, in the middle of the night, like right before I went to bed. And I was like, why am I seeing my dog's face, you know? And and then all that stuff happened. And, and so maybe I was like, maybe he was trying to communicate with me, you know, something wasn't feeling right. And then, you know, two days later, then he's shaking and yeah, whole whole trajectory of uh, taking him to the emergency vet, two two emergency surgeries, and yeah, he's he's doing really good though right now. Like we're yeah. he's so happy. He goes for his final kind of appointment on Thursday to kind of get everything um, yeah, to check, checked out in good health. And so yeah, he's doing really good, and we're like so happy that he just seems back to normal. But but yeah. Thank you for asking. Oh sure, and I you know I was listening to it, and when you talked about him being away overnight, and that is like. It hurts my body to be away from my animals, mm. you know, for overnight or for a significant yeah. amount of time. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it really does literally hurt my body. Yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, 
but so with it, with my course, um, you don't have to have, you know, experienced animal communication before. You don't have to be an intuitive. You do have to be willing to do the practices like meditation. Basically, that's it because meditation is tapping into the spirit realm. That's it. 100% no way around it. And okay. you don't have to have, um, have experience with meditation, but it's more like the willingness to, um, you know, take the guidance around it. Um, and that's the same, like the program after that is multidimensional mediumship. And, um, that one's going to be in a couple of months. Uh, no, it's probably three months from this date right now that we're recording. So those are my two signature programs and I'm going to run them regularly. Um, that's the deal, but the animal communication, the thing about, oh, it, oh it's besides teaching that direct communication with incarnated animals, it's also animal healing, animal mediumship, you know, the, and those are slightly different skills. I mean, all of those are slightly, they're like really different radio stations that you would tune to. And that's how I see why, why I call it multidimensional mediumship. It's not just past loved ones. It's always connecting with other kinds of spirit um, entities, angels. And, you know, I love, I'm a, I'm a huge, I have a huge connection to the fairy and deva realm. So that's a part of both animal communication and <laughs> multidimensional mediumship. I also have a really inexpensive membership platform. It's just 11 bucks a month. And um, oh, cool. yeah, so people could check that out. It's called Modern Mystic Life. And I have my podcast, you know? Oh, and I do one-on-one -on -one sessions too. So, you know, if, if that is available, sometimes that's, that calendar is closed because I'm doing all the teaching. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, my jam. I love it. <laughs> well, if you guys loved hearing Trisha today. I mean, really get in touch with her and book a session with her, join one of her programs. I mean, she's incredible. And being in the aura of a reflector is really something special to, to experience. So really take note on everything that she is doing. I will put it all in the show notes. And um, what's your Instagram? Are you, are you busy on there or, or what's yeah, kind of the platform? Well, like two weeks ago, I took a whole week off because I'm a reflector. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm pretty busy on there. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, it's it's at Trisha Carr Charm. Yeah. Um, okay. My podcast is called Charmed Life, and I couldn't get just Trisha Carr. So it's my name plus the word charm, not charmed. <laughs> okay. That's, okay. That's everything for me. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love it. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing what it means to be a reflector and telling us all about the wonderful work you're doing in the world. And it was just such a pleasure to get to know you. Oh, it was pleasure is entirely mine. And I appreciate the work that you're doing on our beautiful world. So thank you so much for shining your light, Leah, for, uh, for yourself and for all of us. Thank you. thank you. If this episode has energized you, I ask you to share it or to send it to someone where it can make a big difference in their life. And please tag me with your shares, something you learned from this episode or that you love from it. I'm at the design of you on Instagram. Also, please DM with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support and consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you. And I love you oh so, so much. See you soon.